if you have an accounting firm. Increasing your perceived value on your website is going to help you sell and charge more. And it's probably going to help get you a lot closer to what your services are actually worth. Welcome to the Media Books Podcast, the only place on the internet where creative accounting isn't a bad thing. Owning a virtual firm today means having a professional and modern online presence. And in this podcast, we talk about how to do just that. My name is Kristen Corey, and I'm the owner of Media Books, a media agency that provides creativity exclusively to accounting firms. And if you're an accounting firm owner, you're in the right place. Let's get into it. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Media Books Podcast. In this podcast episode, I'm going to be talking about how your website can help you charge more. Now, everyone says charge what you're worth, but those imposter syndrome thoughts quickly can get into our head and really kind of debate with us as far as what we are worth. Not to mention, this is not specific advice at all. So while this episode isn't necessarily going to go into pricing and how to charge your worth, it is going to show you how to display your value on your website so that when price does come up, there is no question you are worth it. So before we get into that subject, I first want to start with a few marketing and accounting headlines that you should know about. So the first headline is actually from my favorite email campaign app. And if you've heard me talk about email campaigns at all, there is no doubt that I have mentioned Flowdesk. And Flowdesk recently came out with a new analytics dashboard. It is our preferred email platform. And the reason they came out with this, or they just came out with this analytics platform, and it really embraces everything I love so much about Flowdesk. Um, Really, whenever you use Flowdesk, you will find that it is super user-friendly. They have a very minimalist dashboard, but they also have all the tools that you need. So they have forms, they have workflows, and now they have more advanced analytics. They had analytics before, but now they have more advanced views where you can really kind of dive in uh, and, and see how your content is working together, see what is working the most, and really the fact that they're still embracing this very simplistic view is just why we're going to continue to use them. But with their new feature of these more advanced analytics, I was looking through it the other day and what I realized is they have a daytime breakdown versus how many email campaigns are opened. And I was starting to look through our stats and I realized that the time of the day that people were opening our email campaigns wasn't necessarily consistent with what I thought they were opening up the email campaigns. And there were a lot of questions as I was just kind of scrolling through through the data. And because of this, I'm realizing that there's a few things that I want to test. And I want to test it on certain days. I want to test sending email campaigns at certain times. Keeping all this in mind, I am now more easily to A-B test, which means try out, you know, send a few email campaigns on a Monday versus on a Wednesday. I can test that out and then easily see on this dashboard what is and is not working. Again, the view is super simplistic. And whenever you look, I feel like whenever you look at like MailChimp or, I mean, this doesn't necessarily call out all other email campaigns, but like HubSpot, the data seems so, like they're trying to 
condense a hundred numbers into one dashboard. And it's like, I just have one question, what works? And they make it so easy. So really, if you are still interested in adopting an email campaign software, highly recommend Flowdesk. Um, Having said that, you know, whenever we do talk about email campaigns, I like to also talk about workflows and forms, automation, how those things make really an email campaign strategy so much easier. Flowdesk includes that in all of their plans. They also allow for unlimited contacts. Typically, their price is $40 a month, but if you check out our affiliate link in the show notes, you can get 50% off for your first year. So that is, uh, and it, it I believe you could still do a monthly plan with that. It's not like you have to sign up for a year. So big fans of Flowdesk. And I mean, they're constantly coming out with new features. This is their latest. Um, They recently came out with like a commerce feature, but you know, we don't really need that. And um, none of our clients and none of our accounting firm clients really need it either. Another headline that I want to talk about is something I was actually... um, I mentioned it on our Instagram and I believe our Facebook group, and that is the IRS has basically come out saying that next year they plan on testing a new uh, sort of online filing system called Direct File. And essentially the idea is that it would compete with other tax preparation softwares like TurboTax and H&R Block. And their goal is to do a pilot project for the 2024 filing season. So this isn't necessarily something that you need to worry about today, but it is worth considering how you want to incorporate this into your messaging. So for example, a couple years ago, we were talking about how there was this sort of boom for um, like KPMG. And I think uh, we were talking a little bit about what's the what's the app? It's a legal software. Um, QuickBooks, all these different platforms are now offering bookkeeping services to small business. And it's kind of like it's a really big competitor. It's really easy for them to outspend us marketing wise. How are you going to compete against those bigger names that everyone's heard of before? And really, it now is kind of the time to start considering your marketing strategy and positioning yourself so that come the new year, you're able to really double down on it. And now here's the thing. It's really easy to sort of dismiss these clients and say, oh, they're looking for a bargain. They don't want to pay any money. Um, They just want everything for free. They really don't understand the value of our services. But, and I mean, well, that may be true for a portion of those clients, but a portion of them simply may not have the education or the knowledge to understand why your services are better than QuickBooks or, you know, now uh, the IRS. Why should they use your tax preparation services instead of going to this direct file that they're coming out with or TurboTax or H&R Block? What do you offer that they don't? And simply, some people may just, they they simply may not know. And if you're not going to educate them, who is? A 24-year-old who just graduated graduated college, they just have a W-2, this software may be great for them. They don't have anything super complex. But a 45-year-old business owner with like a family, maybe they have a W-2, maybe they have some investments. They may actually need your services, but you know, they're busy. They just, you know, they hear about this direct file, they go and book, really kind of explain what your services are, how you benefit them, and then how you are really better for them as opposed to this sort of DIY software.
Okay, so I admit um, this podcast episode is really going to test my editing skills. Uh, living in Japan, I'm there's something new around every corner. The weather's intense. The natural disasters are intense. Everything is intense here. Um, and today, well, like this week, this month, we're experiencing the intense pollen. I have never had allergies in the past. Here, I am struggling to breathe and... I had asthma. I don't know if that's considered an allergy, but I had asthma growing up and I am coughing. Excuse my voice. I know you're not supposed to do this with podcast episodes, but I'm having to pause every 10 seconds to cough because this pollen is just thick and in the air. Um, there's like a layer of it on my car. It's gross, but let's get into the subject. Um, of really how, how your website can help you charge more. And really a lot about this is, a lot of this is about perceived value. If you have an accounting firm, increasing your perceived value on your website is going to help you sell and charge more. And it's probably going to help get you a lot closer to what your services are actually worth. The idea is to basically show just a little extra care and creating a great experience for your client. So specifically, what does that mean? Japan does this better than anyone else, increasing the perceived value, showing care and doing little extra things to make the experience great for you. And the, the simplest example that I have is when you go to McDonald's, they are so intentional with how they set up your tray of fries and burger and little drink you would think that they spent like an hour on this training. And it's not just like, oh, they have like everything, like they have like an organized tray. It does not matter which McDonald's you go to in Japan. It does not matter which worker you see. They specifically lay things out so neat. There's not fries thrown all over the tray. And no, honestly, like everything, all the food tastes the same. But it, just, it, it feels like they put more work into it. You can you can kind of rely that the kitchen's probably cleaner in the background. It feels like the food is going to taste better. The experience is just nicer. And it doesn't cost more, but you know that they put a lot of uh, intentional work into something like putting a tray together. And when you do this with your business, and specifically your website, you're going to find that leads and clients are going to be more receptive receptive to your increased prices. Bonus points, this can also cost you nothing. So how is that not a win? So how do we implement this to your website? I'm going to go through a few different areas, but I want to really just start with the basics. This is sort of minimum what you should have, regardless of whether you're considering perceived value Regardless of whether you're, you know, wanting to increase your prices, this is just good marketing practices. And and the first thing is you want to have your branding on point. That means not that you created some amazing logo that no one's ever thought of and it's just going to draw in 100 people. No, really what that means is that you're consistent. I've seen some terrible logos. I've seen some terrible color combinations, but because the business uses it consistently, they have created a brand identity that whenever you see that post, you think of them. Whenever you see those colors, when you go from their website to their social, you know it's the same business. And that is going to be the most important thing is consistency. And and there are a few ways to kind of elevate that. So on your website, when you have logos, don't have like boxes around them. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out a good way to explain this. When you download your logo, 
and it has that background, like a white background. And let's say you put it on your website and it has a blue background and the logo has like a white box around it because it's a file without a transparent background. It looks bad. People know what you did. It doesn't look fluid. It looks like you just kind of, you know, took some scissors to paper, cut out your logo and put it on your website. It just shows that you didn't have someone with experience or any sort of graphic design knowledge to design your website. It looks very DUI and it looks a little cheap. And so we want to just doing something simple like going to Canva, using, you know, uploading your logo file, use the background remove option and then upload a transparent background file to your website. It looks so much better. It looks more, you know, consistent with having sort of a fluid, uh, fluid look on your website as opposed to like a strange block that kind of just seems like, again, you copy and pasted it to your website. Um, but logos without boxes is a big one. Consistent use of colors, fonts, branded photography. If you can afford that, highly recommend doing that. Um, really, a lot of times we'll see really fun websites from web designers or, um, you know, on our, on our friends business, we'll see a really pretty website that we love. And then we adopt that template or we use, um, we use that designer and we're like, why doesn't my website look like the other ones? Why does, why does something feel off? Nine times out of 10, it's going to be because you use stock photography and you did not have brand photography that created a consistent look from how your brand feels to how your photos look. Stock photos are not necessarily designed to fit your brand. They're designed to be a sort of template that can fit anyone's business. And so highly recommend checking out brand photography. It can really elevate the look and feel of your brand. If you are struggling to find a photographer or find a good brand photographer, what you can do is just really take a few nice headshots Find a college kid with a camera, have your teenage, you know, daughter who has TikTok views or whatever, um, take some just headshots of you. It doesn't need to be this big production, just a couple very intentional moments where you're taking photos um, of a headshot, maybe some candid photos in your office. Uh, a great hack here is like if you work from home and you're like, I don't want to take photos of like my home office, it's on the dining room table. Go to a... <laughs> I was going to say a WeWork, but go to a co-working space where, you know, they're really nice, trendy. You can have different feels to it. Just say, hey, can I just work here for the day? Take take a photographer and then take a bunch of photos there. Um, really great way to have a very nice professional looking setup without having to completely redo your spare bedroom. And so this is great, all these things considered, this is great messaging without actually having to say anything, without having to actually change any of the copy on your website. It shows attention to detail, it shows quality services, it shows your client that you can afford to work with a great marketer, with a great web designer, with someone that knows branding. The second way that you can really increase your perceived value is by creating a client-specific area of your website. Now, People who are leads who are just arriving on your website can, you know, see that, see the fact that you're incorporating tech. That's going to be very appealing to people that are more tech savvy um, and may be able to afford your services more. This is also going to help in, uh, increase the goodwill and the relationship with a client once you've signed with them. Having a place on your website where you can share newsletters, checklists, due dates, progress reports, 
exclusive content, guides, directories, how-tos, a payment link, a client portal. This is going to help increase the relationship that you have with them. It's going to show that you've put time and effort. You're not just there to clock in and clock out. And really, it's a lot of different, a lot of these different sort of ways that you can increase that relationship. It's going to be around things that you already have to do anyways. So for example, let's say you have um, like a payment link on this client portal. You always have to send them a payment link. But if you get your clients into the habit of constantly going to that payment link to submit payments, it's going to save you time. If you have directories on, hey, here's who you contact if you have this question. Again, saving you time. Guides, checklists. We do this with all of our clients that sign on. We have a welcome guide. And in that welcome guide, we have our list of services. We have the people on our team. We have the processes, dates for that. You know, we send out invoices and when invoices are due, we go through all these little things that are probably going to be FAQs down the line. And we start them off with that. And so having a specific place on your website, you know, you only need to update it when your processes change. Other than that, it's a great value add to your clients that are going to have questions um, and you're you're jumping ahead of them with, with answering those. And so that's definitely one area that can increase your perceived value is creating a client-specific area. The third area is an elevated resources section on your website. Now, this is something that goes beyond like just a blog. Everyone has a blog, but really you want to try to upgrade this area. So different things that I'm talking about, you can talk about tech, you can refer apps to your clients and consistently recommend them. And so whenever everyone's like, okay, I, I need something for my billing, or I'm trying to consider an invoicing platform, what do you think about, you know, QuickBooks invoicing? Um, should I consider this? Or should I check out a different app? What you can do is really refer them to this sort of list of apps that you have and say, hey, here's what I think about the different apps. Here's who it might be right for. You can scroll through and look through them. Not only do we have invoicing that we talk about, we also talk about expenses. We also talk about workflows. We have a whole bunch of apps that we talk about. And then you can also make them affiliate links. Full disclosure, we have this on our website. We have a whole list of apps. We talk about marketing, branding, web design. Um, I think I even have like a general business section where I talk about a whole bunch of different apps that people have asked us about and then some. And they're also affiliate links. So getting a little bit of, you know, extra income, but also really just answering questions that we constantly get. This is a great way to increase your perceived value. It's a great way to increase your credibility. It shows that you know the tech that's out there, especially if you are a virtual firm and you primarily work with virtual clients. Um, I mean, if you, you know, maybe you have a few in-person clients, but those virtual firms, you're probably going to be using a lot of tech, a lot of apps, and there may be some apps that you want people to use and some you want to steer them away from. This is a great place to have that conversation and sort of beat them to that conversation. Um, and then also include links sort of in this elevated resources area that your clients and your leads would find useful. So for example, I have a, like a list of four here. Um, the IRS check your refund status website. Who doesn't want to know, you know, if they're getting a refund or where it is in the mail. Estimated tax payment link. Um, when I first was like, okay, how do I pay my estimated taxes? I, you know, sent my CPA a, an email and they said, just use this link. It's bookmarked in my tab. I doubt all of your clients have their estimated tax payment link saved. Put it on your website. 
every time they need it, every time it's time to submit a payment, tell them, hey, go to my website, go to the estimated tax payment link. That's where you submit your payment. Sales tax. If you serve a specific state, have a link directly to their sales tax website where, you know, maybe it provides more information. Maybe it talks about Nexus. You can talk about, you know, this is what it is, or maybe there's a certain number of states that you really serve. Have a whole page talking about sales tax. Um, If your firm does a lot of it, this is a great place to sort of really point to uh, credible sources and not random blog posts on the internet. And then also calculators. I've seen so many accountants have different sort of like, um, here's how to charge your for your services or here's how to price your products, calculators. And they create this fabulous Excel document that's like a template and you can download it. Uh, you can have a whole calculator section where people can go, they can download the calculator, they can use the calculator, um, you know, for retirement or their business or what have you. Uh, lots of different ways that you can kind of use that, even for your marketing. Have people exchange an email for this calculator resource that you built or make it something that they have to purchase, you know, up to you on on what what is right for your audience. And the fourth one is to focus on wins. So there's sort of this expectation in design or the creative industries that whenever you create something or, you know, if you want to sell, be sure to share it with other people because that is the best way for people to see what it is like to work with you. Now, you can't really do that as accountants. It's uh, considered bad form to be sharing people's tax returns on social media or on your website. So instead of that, there's a few other things that you can do. You could share testimonials. Um, You know, this is kind of a given one. You could share the screenshots, or you can even share a link to your Google business page where people can go and get sort of an unfiltered look at your business. Whenever we go to website, there's sort of this expectation that people aren't going to be posting the bad reviews, obviously. But if you go or you send them to a place like the Google business page or um, you know your Facebook page, wherever you're having reviews listed, they have sort of that you're opening the door saying, hey, look, I know they're good. I have nothing to hide. Go check them out here. They're unfiltered. That's one way you can do it. Another way is to sort of have some social proof. So let's say you have a YouTube channel that has a lot of subscribers. Let's say you have a social media account that does really well. Be sure to mention it often. Say, join our YouTube channel. Join our, you know, subscribe to um, my channel here. Follow me on social media. Join our Facebook group really pushing any specific platform uh, that you show up the most in or that uh, really does well is going to sort of direct them in the right direction of seeing how many subscribers and engagement you have so that uh, that social proof kind of increases your credibility. And then the, the third is a case study. So, you know, on our website, we have a portfolio. The accounting firm's version of that could be a case study. And what you could do is really ask clients that, you've helped win big, see if you can talk to them about it. See if you can just do a quick little interview. You don't need to share their financial statements. You don't need to share their tax return, but you can discuss how you help them and possibly have a video of you talking about their experience working with you. It's really going to show like, wow, like they love working with this accountant so much that they did a video, uh, you know, sharing how, how much they help their business. Um, you can go into as much detail as really your your client's comfortable with, but having those case studies is a great way to highlight some of those points that maybe they didn't mention in the Google testimonial. Um, and it's kind of, I guess, the, the best way to really have a portfolio when you're dealing with the sensitive subject matter of accounting and tax and all that. 
Uh, and lastly, really, I want to kind of wrap up this episode with talking about the tech. Um, really, we are experts in Squarespace. That's where we recommend all of our clients go to because it is so easy to sort of use as opposed to other web design builders like WordPress. You don't need plugins. You don't need to update your template. But having said that, no matter what website or web builder you are using, you should be able to implement most of these changes, most definitely on Squarespace, but most web design platforms are going to allow you to have consistent branding, make sure it's consistent, have a client space, have sort of those more elevated resources, and then, you know, being able to post testimonials or case studies, creating pages, things like that. So no matter what website platform you are using, you should be able to do that. Thanks so much for listening to the Media Books Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it with another number cruncher. Like, subscribe, and I will see you next week. Everyone likes to talk about passive income, but what about passive marketing? Specifically, lead magnets. Lead magnets are an excellent way to grow your email list. Add one to your website and watch your email list grow over time. It is set it and forget it marketing. Visit our lead magnets library where you can purchase lead magnets for everything from reading a balance sheet and income statement to sales tax 101. Add your brand colors, hit publish, watch your email list grow. Visit mediabooksagency.com and under our resources tab, you will find our lead magnets library where you can get started today. Media Books, the only place on the internet where creative accounting isn't a bad thing.